Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans, wherever you are, I hope that you are well. I think we could probably all agree that, that is the 2023 season almost done. There are a few people probably left to go, I guess in the UK, if you're competing with NFM UK. Um, I think they, they have a show abroad in a couple of weeks in the States. But if we're speaking about shows specifically here in the UK, then for the most part they are all wrapped up and completed. And Really, uh, I've got some people that have started prep for the early shows um, as of now. I have many people that are starting the 21st of this month, because that's about 18 weeks out, um, or the week after. And uh, yeah, as I said, there's a real buzz around uh, next season, particularly the Scottish shows. I think that Scottish bodybuilding has came came on uh, quite considerably in the past few years, and there's a, a hell of a amount of competitors now. But yeah. Um, there's a good run of sort of four, five, six shows all within the space of a month. And it all starts with Granite City up in Aberdeen, which for the most part, a lot of people do, which is part of the IBFA, which is a smaller federation, however. Um, it's usually just as busy, if not busier than PCA the week the week after, the couple of weeks that usually fall it. And that'll be a big one uh, for, as you already know, we've got um, about... I think it's nine or ten competitors in that show across the brand, if you include me and Ali's clients. Um, so that's going to be a good one to kick off the year. But on to the topic of today's podcast, which is all about moving from being natural to being assisted. And I think we split this up and we talk about guys first and then we talk about females second because I feel that we can't have a one-size-fits-all approach in regards to you know different sexes because the um the reaction or you know the uh complications that can come with with either or uh, can be very very different so we'll start with guys we'll move on to uh girls later on in the podcast so if you're if you are a female you want to listen to the, the female one just do do skip forward um but if you want to learn a little bit then i suppose just you can continue listening to my ramble so if you are a guy out there, I mean, I'm going to guess give you a little bit more from my perspective, what I've done and what now I wish I had done in the past. And I think that you need to know when you're ready to, you know, when to make the jump really is probably what you're thinking. Now, if you're listening to this, you are either someone that competes or you're thinking about competing. Now, me back in the day when I first went in gear, it was neat. It was to do with neither. It was just wanting to be a fucking big dude. Uh, I worked as a bouncer and uh, the rest of the guys were running it. So I just thought, fuck it, I'll go on it. And I didn't really track my calories. I didn't really log, log my weights or anything like that. So that was probably quite silly. But um, I was very impatient and thought that it was the gear that helps get you bigger. But I think what you need to, to understand is that the gear is going to help you recover. Of course, but if you're someone that is meticulous, methodical with your training, with your nutrition then going to, into the assisted realm, should you should you want to do it, uh, you'll you'll make some incredible gains. But if you are out there and you're and you're someone that's not going to compete, um, I honestly would say, what's the point? Like avoid it because I think you can get relatively quote unquote big without it by simply like the amount of free education out there now from high level coaches and all they're talking about. You should be able to train in a decent manner do your diet in a, a decent manner and kind of roughly know how much fat or, or whatnot to push up in your off-season and, and whatnot. But I think it's there's always going to be a personal choice. And I, I understand, if you say to me, Vaughn, I've just always been fascinated. I've just always had that want and desire to do it and go on it and to see where I could get to. I can relate to that because that was me. Uh, you know, at this, this was before I thought about competing. I decided to dabble in it. Maybe not quite as much 
or maybe I didn't know quite uh, quite what I was doing, listen to guys on any forums, but what I'd say is if you've always thought, right, um, I've always been intrigued by it, then brilliant. I'd say go for it. couple things that I think you need to be aware of um, before you do it. Number one is, you know, do you know, do you know the health risks, right? Do you know scientifically what gear does in the body? If not, please go do research, both of them, to give you some sort of understanding. The use of anabolic steroids will have a direct impact on your cholesterol. So, you know, are people going about good cholesterol and bad cholesterol? Well, pretty much you'll have more of what we would deem as bad cholesterol and less good cholesterol. So there's a risk prolonged risk of arthrosclerosis, which is a fancy word, um, if you use it over a long period of time in high dosages. It can impact your liver, it can impact your kidneys, and because we're speaking with guys in general, it will have a direct impact on your sperm production. So if you are looking to have children, it's definitely something to think about. However, I think we're in a time now where science has evolved that we kind of know what to do. Um, whilst you are on gear if you want to have kids and how to conceive and I am an example of that we have two children one who is uh, one years older say 13 months and one who is pretty much ready to be born as of uh, within the next I would say eight weeks so it can happen uh, all you need to do is literally go back a few episodes and listen to my podcast on steroids and fertility but also understand that um, you know even though your sperm production can be low you, you know you can still get a a girl pregnant whilst being on gear and not running anything and that was the case for our second baby um, who as I says will be born in the next eight weeks now I think one of the other things I want you to consider is see once you're on it's very hard to come off I think even if your competitive nature um, like even if you're if you decide one day right you know I've jumped on I've pushed things for four or five years I'm not going to compete anymore, I've got kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, I still think you'll find it very hard to come off. And the reason being is that it's, for for us, for me as a bodybuilder, right, I value being strong and I like shifting a certain load on certain pieces of kit and it makes me feel good that I can do that and it makes me feel strong. Now, when you come off, it's very hard to shift the same sort of weights. So, Personally, what I've done is I've pulled down to quite a low dosage, slightly above TRT, and it's allowing me to stay strong, and or what I deem as strong, feel strong, um, but still find it quite difficult in my head to think about coming completely off. But the more time time is going on, the more I'm kind of almost accepting of it. If I know that I'm not going to compete again, it's just been on it for so long it can be just so hard to to come off completely you know if you said to me a year ago hey Vaughn you'd be thinking about that I would have said nah no way not at all I'll always be on the rest of my life but it is something that you can use for the rest of your life if you do it smartly but that's the problem like as guys or as bodybuilders we don't do things smartly right we're human beings you know if a scoop of workout says to take one scoop fuck it we take two right if a serving size you know um we might say right 300 milligrams per week of test is good but 600 is bound to be better i'd ask you if you're just starting off to please not get in that um not get in that mindset 
what I'd suggest you do and what I wish I had done is just start your dosages small and get the most from the least. So go simply out with the TRT range. So if you know right, um, male hormonal range of testosterone is between 9 to 29 nanomole per litre. Don't worry about nanomole per litre. That's just a numerical value of, of measurement. So let's say it's between, let's just say 9 and 29. So let's say you put in a certain amount of anabolics that takes you up to 50. Well, if your natural testosterone level was at, let's say, 15 before, well, you've already, you're already three times more. You, you know, let's say you go up to 50, 50 you're taking you're three times more than you ever, or your test levels are three times more than they ever were. So of course you're going to feel fucking brilliant. And I'd suggest that you don't don't start off like don't deploy certain tools too early just because you can. So in the early days, I in the first God really from when I competed in twenty seventeen and I competed in twenty twenty, I didn't take growth. Um, I didn't take insulin. It was only really actually at the back end of prep, last prep that I started playing with insulin. I took GH before that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say I need for you to deploy your insulin and your HGH um, very quickly. If I'm honest, I think that you could get a lot from going up to just say 300 milligrams a week of test, putting in some Prima Bone or Master on, um, maybe half the dose of that alongside it, run that for eight weeks, 12 weeks, see how you feel, then maybe increment up. I'm not going to say where to go to because I feel that would be uh, not great, but I've given you a rough starting point. Um, but understand that like where you're at in your journey, don't be going looking at the biggest fucking guys out there because of course their dosages are going to be high. Of course they're going to be running the added extras of the insulins, the HGHs and whatever. But if you're not there yet, doesn't mean you need to be using that stuff right now obviously it depends on the severity of the goal now if you went from a natural men's physique guy and you want to be a class one bodybuilder there is a certain time frame that you must serve it, that's just a year spent adding tissue before you can you can't just do that in six months right so even if you just blasted loads of gear for six months you're still not going to be a class one bodybuilder in that time frame so the considerations as well is what class do you want to move up to um if if at all, if, are you moving up or are you just simply moving from, okay, I'm going to be a natural men's physique guy to go into the assisted men's physique guy or natural bodybuilding to now assisted bodybuilding. Other things that maybe people don't take into consideration is the understanding or lack of, I'm going to say, of those around you. Close family members, your partner, friends. A lot of people will understand and will never. And I think that to the outside world, steroids can be very taboo subject and they instantly think the worst simply because they don't understand it and often they will have zero interest in wanting to learn about it so you won't be able to educate them you won't be able to say oh yeah but listen look I only do this I only do that they won't care they just hear the word steroids and think nah fuck that and it's a it's a it's a blank blanket um, over it so just be careful and understand that a lot of people around you won't understand so number one is it doesn't it shouldn't matter to you whether they understand or not of course um, but the like as I says, I think you got you got to have a supportive partner, right? So for me, God, on our second date with my wife, I said, look, I use this and I have done for X amount of years. Um, was using it years ago when we first met, and uh, 
she's super supportive of what I do. Um, I think the main difference is, is I don't know, wherever you're listening to this, um, men in the UK, maybe in Scotland or just Dundee, can often uh, be in the pub on a Friday, Saturday night and not come home. Um, however, as bodybuilders, we're not at the pub, we're in our bed at nine o'clock on a Friday, Saturday night because leg day the next day and we want to make some gains. So maybe that's the trade-off, right, for the way to pitch it to your partner um, and maybe get more of a support. But yeah, just just something to, to bear in mind because like where you're going to keep the steroids, where you're going to store them, you're going to have a sharp spin. If you do eventually get to like HGH and insulin, well, that's going to need to be kept in the fridge. So trying to hide it, I think, isn't necessarily um, smart for you to do. Um, I'm not going to go into dosages of slin and HGH and whatnot because you've got other podcasts that you can listen to on that. And I think it's more person dependent. And if someone just hears a random word dosage of insulin, they go take it and they they could then die. Uh, it's not something that I want to have um, have said. So moving on to the um, female side of things, and I think this is, in this sport, it's way more open now, and you have a lot of coaches out there, for example, like the Physique Collective guys, Team Pro Coach and whatnot, that, and Victor, Victor Black. A lot of pe- people out there, educators now, will speak about what to do, safer practices and will not treat you like male mini bodybuilders because as females you're not your physiology is different therefore the same stories that work in a male will have a completely different effect in you so there is things obviously that you need to be more aware of and again I think you need to ask yourself the the same questions you're probably thinking right well when should I make the jump Now, that's something that you will need to decide for yourself. It's something that no one will be able to do for you. But understand that with steroids and like surrounding females in the um, outside world, it's it's way more, I suppose, looked down on um, by the outside world than than it is with guys for some reason. But again, I think this stems from a lack of education. Um, But we'll get into that in a bit. But... The thing is, like I've, I've said to about the guys, you know, are you going to compete? If not, there is no need for you to ever be touching um, anabolic steroids, performance and some drugs. I guess give it a, a, a blanket statement, performance and some drugs, because women that take um, fat burners, such as Clen T3, T4, they would technically be classed as assisted, right, which... I suppose there'll be men out there that'll think, but they're not assisted really. I get what you're saying, but they 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 have assistance of fat loss. They they're assist, like they have the assistance of their an increased metabolic rate. It might just not be okay. They're they they're not taking anabolic steroids, but they're taking things that are impacting like their body's ability to lose fat. So I think, and I didn't even touch on that with the guys because. Yeah, it was more just about PEDs, wasn't it? But I think that... Sorry, it was more about just anabolic steroids. But with females, I think we can sort of categorise everything under the one PEDs. But are you going to compete? If the answer is no, um, I still don't think you need to use Clen. Uh, I had um, someone in my Instagram DMs, uh, I'll keep their name private, of course, um, who was just... A, had a kind of, you could say, quote-unquote normal job but um, had no desire to compete 
or uh, couldn't afford a coach or whatever, but was like, hey, I've been lo- doing loads of research on clenbuterol. I've heard this is the thing that's take me to the next level. Should you know? Could I ask you advice on it? Blah blah. And I literally messaged back, not to be kind of rude or abrupt. I was like, if you're not competing, I don't think you have any business sort of taking it. And I, I still stand by that. I, I don't see the need as to why you would need that to feel good in a bikini on holiday in Tenerife or Spain or whatever it is. Um, I would just say adhere to your diet a bit better, get a bit smarter, work with the coach. But in general, so let's say you are a female and you're thinking about going down the, the route of just fat burners. Well, I think that's probably more appealing to many um, than the, the steroids. And in that case, if you're thinking, well, when should I make the jump? I'd just say, like, look, can you, like, when you get all the way in, when you get, like, sort of stage ready, do you still hold a bit of body fat in stubborn areas such as the glutes, uh, your hips, lower back, whatever it is? If, if you still do, you know, those fat burners can be a really good tool to help get that last little bit off. Um and if it's allowed, like if you're competing in categories that um, that allow for that, you might be a kind of an actual female that's never used anabolic steroids, but you're competing with the likes of PCA, GPO, GBO, UKP, FitX, NFM, UK, whatever it is. Well, you're not drug tested there. And if you want to use those things, then yeah, of course you can get away with it. But again, be aware of the risks on your health. Like if you want to know, there's more about Clen and T3 on this podcast, not this one, but other episodes. There's articles on our website for you to go back and check. And that'll give you a rough indication of the science behind how they, how they both work, what they do. And then obviously you make the decision. Um, the impacts to your health from both of them may be a bit, bit less or a bit different than if you were to use anabolics. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, look, I'm thinking about using anabolic steroids and I'm a female. Well, I'm just going to ask you the same question to ask the guys, you know, do you know the impacts of anabolics on your cholesterol? Do you know what it does to your liver? kidneys etc etc but also are you aware of what we call viralization and by that I mean the development of secondary male characteristics this could be the deepening of the voice uh, the growth of body hair facial hair uh, clitoral growth uh, if you fucking rip the arse out of it development of of an Adam's apple and this is where you need to be so smart and so aware of what you're using what it does in your body, and how long you're using it for. So we mentioned that the uh, the guys kind of go from a zero, uh, sorry, they go from a nine to 29 on this sort of scale. Well, females can be roughly like a 0.4 up to like a 1.8, 1.9, and that's their scale for their natural range. Now, when you see a female go out with that, and they stay out with that range for an extended period of time, that's when you see this sort of deepening of the voice, etc., etc. So females, you've got to be smart, right? If you're sitting at a 0.6, you can maybe take something that pushes you up to a 1.8 and you're thinking, yeah, I'm staying within the physiological range, that's great, but it's not to say that you won't still see if you if it's prolonged usage, the development of those characteristics because it might still be three times the testosterone your body's used to. It's as simple as that. Now, with... Um, with, as I said, with today's industry, with the education the way it is, we have um, things like fem test, which which some females use, or or maybe females will use the uh, oral steroids such as Anavar or Primoacetate or whatever. Um, ladies, whatever you're doing, I would please encourage you to hire a coach. I'd encourage you to spend as much time off anything that you're using as you do on. So let's say you used. Um, 
low-dose Anovar for a period of six weeks or eight weeks. The minimum you take off is six to eight weeks or double it, right? So if you've been on for six weeks, take 12 weeks off on for six weeks because what we're tending to find is that the development of these secondary male characteristics often stems from your total exposure over a prolonged period of time. So where some people might think, oh, I could blast quite a lot of gear for a short period of time um, and I'll be fine and I'll do that every um, every time I prep. Well, if you prep three, four years in a row, you've still accumulated a lot of exposure. So again, I think that you just have to be smart and when I've talked about that range, whatever you use that pushes you out with the range, as I says, that's where you need to then spend as much time off and then back in the range as you possibly can. Um, but we are in a position now, I say in today's industry, where it's more um, it's more accepted in the industry. Like if, a, if, a, if one female natural bodybuilder says to an assisted one, hey, I want to go assisted, she'll get so much support from her. She'll have a numerous coaches that she can go to, including myself, that will give her good advice and treat her as an individual and treat her as a female and make her aware of all these things opposed to, uh, you know, 10 years ago when this was just not spoken about. But again, the thing to be aware of is will your partner understand? Um, I guess if you're a female out there that lifts weights or you've got into lifting weights and you're competing and you've got into that uh, after a few years of marriage or a relationship and your partner in that whole time frame has never really lifted, um, they may not understand, they may fail to to see your side of it. Um, they may not show you the support because they just think, oh, steroids equals man, and you know, I'm gonna see X, Y, and Z, and I guess that's a whole different discussion and a, um, a, a, route that, a conversation you need to have with your partner. But just, just be aware of, of that and uh, perhaps educating them along the way, but again, you know, bear in mind that some people may just never understand or never want to understand and it's not, um, it shouldn't be your place to try and make them. I think that there might be, so for me, I, I know that there's there's maybe a, a lot of people close to me that won't necessarily understand it or want to understand the science, but they're very accepting of my decision to use it particularly because they know I do in a smart way, but not just that, just particularly because it doesn't, it's not changed who I am as a person, who I've been over the years, um, what I've done, etc., etc. You know, a lot of people can have this this uh, um, wrong perception of, oh, steroids equals, people call it roid rage and things like that, and I'm like, that's not really a thing. It's just that maybe you are someone who is an angry person, and then that means that, you then become a bit more angry and have an excuse to then blame your anger issues on the steroids, which I feel is simply simply not the case. So that be all that being said, considered I think whether you are a male or a female, I think the transition from going natural to being assisted, it mostly comes with always having this fascination of it, but also seeing the assisted physiques and maybe perhaps having the desire to want to achieve that. And I think that if you are natural and you're looking at the untested feds and you're looking at the winners, um, the majority, and I, I'm not gonna say it's the same for all classes, but the majority of those winners, 
they are assisted. And if that's some, that's a look that you want to attain, understand that it probably can't be achieved naturally. However, there's so much you can achieve naturally. All I'd ask you to do is go look at some of the natural pros um, that come from the likes of WMBF, the UK, the FBA, the BMBF, and kind of all the levels that go above them. Um, God, fucking look at AJ Morris, probably one of the best natural bodybuilders in the UK. There's a lot you can do, but it's whether you have the patience to stick that out. And even if you go down the assisted route, remember, people are bigger in the assisted route, so you're still going to be probably bulking for the same amount of time. You're still going to need to take two or three years away to move up to the move move up a class. Just because you go on gear doesn't mean you'll move up quicker because guys that do it or girls that do it were they're not actually bigger. They have more muscle mass, they get leaner, etc. etc. An example for me, um, you know, I have I've been assisted for a while. I decided to move up to, uh, from men's physique to classic physique and I took three years away from the stage. So it was 2017 I competed in June. Then the next time I competed was March 2020, right before lockdown happened. So again um, the whole time I've been on, like I've been fully aware of the risks to, to health. I've tried to do everything in a smart way, but I, I've been of full understanding that the assisted life, the assisted game, the pushing your body weight to these sort of places, you know, I'm sitting here 127 kilos talking to you. Um, it's not a place you can stay for long. And if you think you can, you're foolish because of the effect that has on your heart over a prolonged period. So whatever you do in the assisted game, understand you can do it for X amount of time, but then you're going to need to come down, pull your body weight down, come off at some point, particularly when you get to the age where maybe perhaps babies come into play or health starts to become a bit more compromised at the at the older ages. And that's got to be something that you take into consideration. And the, the outlook I have on it, and over the years I've, I've kind of, my methodologies have somewhat uh, changed and I'm specifically going to speak to the guy side of things because I feel like the guys we can be a bit more of an arsehole with things um, and it doesn't affect us too much whereas I feel with the females if you're an arsehole with things it can really have irreversible sides so with the guys I used to always say right we have the safe model approach keeping testosterone fairly lower pushing up the DHT derivatives at the master of the Prima Bowl and whatnot, and that's how we ran things. However, when you look at the big fucking guys, the big, big guys, and the guys I've got on board right now, a lot of them want to get, they want to get fucking huge. Then they need to push the envelope a little bit. So what I said to a lot of them was, you can put the safer, safer approach model on hold um, as long as you know it's for a short period of time. And if you know that, like, right, I've only got two, three years and then I'm planning on getting married, I'm having kids, I'm doing this and that's me and my competing day is done, then have fun. Push the doshes up, you know, like, be a little bit more of an arse about it. I, I, I understand that. Because maybe in 10, 15, 20 years' time, you want to look back and think, fuck, I, you know, I had a lot of fun, I was really strong. And that's the thing for me, like, the gear helps with the strength in the gym and that's what I enjoy is the feeling of being strong, the... Competing on stage really doesn't do it for me. It's not. A, it's not a kick. It's not a desire to jump back up on stage. It's the desire to be better. The desire to to get stronger. And I think that's the addictive nature that comes with using anabolics. Um, whether you are a guy or a girl, that that certainly does have a part to play in it. Um, but listen, guys, guys and girls, I hope that this 
helps um, if you're someone that's thinking about transitioning uh, from being natural to assisted. Whether whether that is just a, a guy thinking about using some testosterone, or whether you are a female thinking about just using fat burners, or a female thinking about you know fem test or whatever it is, please just be aware of the the repercussions on your health, and please. Try and understand the science behind it and don't just take the advice of Big Davy down the gym who, you know, ran year 10 years ago um, and doesn't have a fucking clue what you're saying. If, if it's something that you're thinking about doing, um, hire a coach. Spaces are always open for me, particularly for the competitors. Um, the competitors I only tend to work with and I'm taking on competitors now. Um, so if you are looking to compete, you know, it's, I specialise in that first to third year of competing. That's kind of where I'm, I'm best at, particularly in this scenario here. If you're thinking about transitioning over to the assisted realm um it's kind of what I, what i do and what i what i help support and provide information on but then again i've got loads of natural athletes that have zero desire to, to run gear that will do incredibly well that have done incredibly well and will continue to do incredibly well so that is it for me today guys hope you're well wherever you are whatever you do give it the beans